1: Eric's kidding, but it's getting to a point where he might not be kidding for much longer. He's done a great job as a fill-in host for uh, a number of different shows here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. and
2: I like him a lot. I want to do a show with him.
1: Yeah, great dude. Check out his work at Horns 24-7. He's a part of that crew with Jordan, with Jeff, with Chip, and uh, Hank South, who is a regular on this network as well. All great dudes who do a phenomenal covering of the Texas Longhorn football program and all things Texas Longhorns sports uh, I kind of like your show outline that you presented to the guys when Jordan asked what we're talking about today I do feel like though trey to start things off we should not be working today and it's not a we as a trey and BK thing it's not a we as a Texas sports unfiltered thing it's a we as a society should not be working today because of how rare today is this is a day that happens once every four years right February 29th This should be something that's celebrated to the point where nobody should have to go to work today
2: anywhere in the world. How did you know I had sex with my wife today? (laughs) First time in four years? Yeah. Congratulations. In our relationship. You got to wait until 2028 for it to happen again? Is that the math? Sure. Yeah, I was hoping 2027, but I guess 2028 is the plus four there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, congrats to you. That is history. I would like
1: to give you all more time to fornicate if you would like by providing a day off for everybody in the world. This can be an international sex day like that. That can be what today is is that's, that's how you celebrate this day that is the rarest day that we have on the calendar. Like every other holiday is celebrated every year. This is something that happens once every four feels like it should be honored more than just as a random Thursday.
2: You might be right about that. I've never heard it uh, referred to as a holiday, but it does have its own name. So, yeah, Feb 29. Maybe we should give that some thought in the future. Or perhaps we can move the day off earlier in the month in years where it happens to put it the Monday after the Super Bowl so we can get that day off. Well, that can turn well, into an annual thing over time after we realize how brilliant it is. Por no los dos? You know, like, why can't we have. Super Bowl Monday off, President's Day off, and Leap Day off when it comes around. I'm really starting to like this Black History Month now for reasons beyond the fact that we're celebrating black people, you know? Yeah, of course, of course, exactly. But that's, I don't know, just, uh, just a thought that I had. Uh, it,
1: it feels like we should be honoring today more. And w- let me ask you this, Trey. What, what's your least favorite breakfast food? of all time. Cause I have one, I think it's the most boring,
2: bland breakfast item there is. It's very popular, but it sucks. Was it like a muffin and butter or something? I'm gonna have to think about that for a second. What even, more, even more bland. Butter and toast? Toast. Yeah. And I think
1: it's hilarious that February 29th is national toast day. That goes to show you how shitty toast is that it only gets one national day every four years.
2: <laughs> that's a great point. That is a really good point. I'm okay with toast. I think toast, uh, it makes bread better in a lot of situations, you know? But if that's your the only thing that you're eating for breakfast, yeah, that's a shitty breakfast. Yeah. I like, think like, like bread, if you're going to go just bread, do muffin, or sourdough something or another, just regular fucking white bread or wheat bread toast. Get that shit out of here.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, toasting a regular piece of bread is better than eating a regular piece of bread cold, but any other type of bread is better than toast, I think. And yeah, yeah I don't know. I can't remember where I was going with that. Oh, toast. I think part of the reason why I hate toast is part of the reason why I hate soup, because like, I associate soup with being sick. And as a kid, like whenever I had a stomach ache, my mom's like, eat toast. Like that's the one food that's like super bland and it's easy on your stomach, but you need to eat. So eat that. Like this sucks. So that's, I think that's
2: part of the reason why I think toast is as bad as I think it is. There is logic behind that, especially if you're dealing with an upset stomach. But I feel like that is the universal go-to for mom's who are trying to help their kids feel better if they're staying home sick from school or something, you know? Yeah, it doesn't like, help you feel better. I've, heard, I've that. Proposed that for my kids, I don't know, 50 times at this point. not sure how many times they've been sick and stayed home from school, but every time, that's what's thrown out there along with a banana. Oh, you want toast and a banana? Actually, that's maybe the way to make toast worse. Offer it up with a <laughs> fucking banana. Talk about overrated fruits out there.
1: Mm. Yeah, I'm okay with bananas, but there are definitely better fruits out oh, are there. You? Yeah, not my favorite, though, and I prefer a peach over a banana. Yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: especially well the
2: peach season in the hill country, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, I like that. I like that. So random thoughts to start off a Thursday show. Uh, Combine feels worthy of talking about. Of course, today is the first day of on-field drills at the Combine in Indianapolis. You've got the D linemen and you've got the linebackers working out today. Uh, Some of the activities have already started. Now, this will be televised starting at 2 o'clock on the NFL Network, but you've got guys interviewing. You've got guys weighing in, and I think that's where we start today. So three Longhorns participating. You've got Devontre Sweat. You've got Byron Murphy, and you've got Jalen Ford uh, participating today. The other eight horns will be on the field doing their workouts over the next three days. But we'll start with Devontre Sweat, Trey, because I think every Texas fan has talked about this Uh, Tavondre Sweat's weight, what is it going to be, right? We know how great of a college football player he was. He was the most dominant interior lineman on either side of the ball in the nation this past season, uh, winning the Outland Trophy. But uh, we were curious, okay, what was that weight going to look like? And how do NFL teams feel about Tavondre Sweat's weight? He was listed at 262 on the Texas roster this past season. He weighed in today, excuse me, 362. Did I say 262?
2: Yes. But okay.
1: yeah, I think we knew what you mean. Three sixty-two on the Texas roster. Uh he weighed in today at 366 at the Combine.
2: Okay. So we've been seeing videos of Devondre where he actually does look lighter versus the regular season. Is that a situation? Much like how coaches will sometimes fudge a height in the wrong direction. They'll make a guy seem a little bit taller than he is. They list his weight as lower than what it actually was.
1: Yeah. I think so. I mean, I don't know what he was pushing. I don't know if it was 365, 370, 375, but I sure as hell don't think it was
2: 362.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, that is the second heaviest defensive lineman measured at the Combine since 1999, Trey. Oh, shit. There have only been five players since that same year who have weighed over 350. And once again, T-Sweat is at 366. The only guy to weigh in, weighing heavier than 366, a guy by the name of TJ Barnes, who came in at a very nice 369. Huh. So, look, if you tell me that T-Sweat was playing at 366 or heavier last year, then if I'm an NFL team, I'm still taking a flyer on him. Now, I'm probably not spending a first-round pick, and I don't know if any NFL team is spending a first-round pick on anybody of that size, But if you say, no, that's what he weighed last year when he was one of the most disruptive forces in the country, then I still think there are going to be teams, plural, who fall enough with him to make him a second round pick. But I was thinking, Trey, maybe I was wrong for thinking this. I thought T-Sweat was going to try to lose more weight. Hell, maybe he did try and he couldn't succeed, but I was hoping he'd be closer to 350 than mid-360s to show teams that he's got the stamina to be an every-down player in the NFL 366. There are going to be some teams who are like, maybe thanks, but no thanks.
2: Yeah, I mean, it feels like if the Texas coaches really did fudge, fudge that number down, they kind of screwed him over in the process. In the sense that it does look like he's been putting the work in. I mean, we've seen those videos now. Like there is a noticeable difference in his size. It's you know, it's not uh, apples to apples because one guy was a skinniest dude to begin with, but it's like seeing Quinn Ewers go from fat Quinn Ewers to skinny Quinn Ewers before the or during the Alamo Bowl last year, like there was a noticeable difference. So for teams to say, gosh, this guy's had this much of the offseason to try and get that weight down. He knows it's one of the major criticisms and him not doing that. Well, he has. It's just the numbers don't necessarily line up. If I am a team considering drafting him, though, I'm doing one of a couple of things or maybe both in the beginning, understanding that he cannot be anywhere close to an every down guy early in his career. But you also have to have a serious talk with him and say, look, dude, You can be uh, all everything at this next level, but it starts with you taking care of yourself year-round. You want to be carrying a lot of weight, obviously. You're a big, strong dude, but there is a bad weight that will will run you down really quickly in this league. And uh, my hope is that we see Tavondre Sweat do that. After all, he came in as a... uh, Pretty skinny dude out of high school, a three-star recruit, and became the best college football lineman in America by the time it was all said and done.
1: Yeah. So here's a tweet from Ian Rappaport, who is as tied in as anybody in the NFL. Now, sometimes these insiders will uh, pander to folks, and sometimes they'll uh, take information from agents that agents will send them in order to make their clients look a little bit better. But Ian Rappaport is making it seem like this is not a bad thing that Devondre Sweat came in at 366 pounds and the second fattest player at the Combine in the last quarter century. The tweet reads, Texas standout Devondre Sweat, who did not weigh in at the Senior Bowl, weighed in 366 pounds today, the exact same weight he played at in college. Good news for one of the draft's top DTs. So I, I I didn't think this would be good news. Once again, it's a flavor of the month thing, right? Like there are some teams out there who don't care about this. There might be a couple of teams who are happy that Devontae Sweat's going to stay at a similar weight that he played at in college because they know what to expect. right? The fear is, oh, the guy loses 20 pounds. Well, is he not as strong as he was in school? Like, is he going to be able to eat up the blocks that he did at the college level if he's 20 pounds lighter than he is right now? But once again, on the other end of the spectrum, there are teams who are like, yeah, that, that's too big. Like, I don't want to spend a high draft pick on a guy that I can't trust to stay on the
2: field for more than 30 snaps a game. I'm out. Yeah, look, having too much visceral and subcutaneous fat is going to work against you, even if you move well with that weight. You can turn that into muscle weight and work on mobility and flexibility and and still maintain that level of dominance and the ability to take multiple guys on without being, sorry, Tavondre, no offense intended here, such a fat ass. But he's mm. he worked at it, though. So that, like, I, I guess I have less of an issue with that weight, too. Maybe the scouts realize that UT had him listed much lighter than he was. And it's like, oh, this dude has dropped 20 pounds already. And so we're completely fine with this. He actually looks really good for
0: 366. Oh, wait. Was he a great big fat person? Thank you. <laughs>
1: I thought about going with the Gundy there, but then I remembered you uh, entered that into our system a couple of weeks ago, so I didn't want that work to go unnoticed.
2: Thank you. Oh, my yeah. gosh. God, goodness, it's a great one.
1: Uh, I, man, this this makes me wonder. Like, it was a red flag for me, maybe some NFL teams that T-Sweat didn't weigh in at the Senior Bowl a couple of weeks ago. Whoa, what was he weighing there? Is he
2: 376? So that's, Yeah. It's a great question, and yeah. so I, that that would have given us the answer as to where he actually was during the season, or maybe maybe at the end of the season, he uh, they they got a little bit of time off, even though they hit practices before that semifinal matchup. Had he worked his way up into the three eighties? Because if so, that was going to start a lot of negative talk. But would it have been that big of a deal had he shown up fourteen plus pounds lighter just a month later, or a month plus later at the combine, like he did today?
1: Yeah, good question. So we'll take your thoughts. The code of text line, 512 Here, 9328 Hair the dog says, every other day breakfast for me is a half piece of buttered toast and the other day is a banana. So yeah, fuck my life, is the text there. <laughs> and then another text, an 832 number says, 366 pounds must've had some extra toast this morning. Yeah, it's more than just toast. I think T-Sweat has been eating to get to over three and a half bills, no?
2: No, sweat eats the uh, the delicious breakfast. There is so much meat on that plate. Probably some fucking hash browns too. No, he eats the the king's breakfast. Would be my guess. Although he's done less of that over the last few months as he's dropped down to three sixty six. God, that is that is twice. more than twice what I weigh. Yeah. What What are you right now? One eighty? No, like one sixty five to one seventy. Oh yeah, you did get really skinny. Okay, yeah, you're you're a good weight right now. Good playing weight. Yeah, I'm, I don't know what I'm playing.
1: Women, I guess. Does that count? I don't know. I don't know. Is there a combine for that? Because I would like my chances. Be hmm. first round pick in that draft.
2: I for am sure. uh, playing a little bit heavy right now. I'm I'm playing Devondre Sweat during the season. Unfortunately. You personally? Yeah. What's going on? Your volleyball like weight seven isn't seven where it needs to, to be. be. Dude, it's hard It's hard to eat healthy all the time when you've got fucking kids around who want pizza and ice cream 24-7. Mm. Sometimes you just succumb to the pressure because the alternative is cooking a healthy and likely delicious but uh, efforted uh, meal at home. Sometimes the style switch or the 600 degrees pizza or the Mama Betty's or some other delicious eat out option is much more
1: appealing in the moment. You got to uh, get on that Quinn Ewers diet, man. You got to be sacrificing the, the good food for salmon and stuff well, like
2: that. We are counting down to a an international vacation that I don't know if it's been talked about on these airwaves just yet. So there will be something drastic happening in the next few months. Mark my words.
1: In a good way and a bad way. Ah, uh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. It's a good bit. I need to put on some more LBs for that, I think.
2: Hey, you're oh. hitting the gym. You're hitting that apartment complex gym. It's good stuff. I hit it once this week. I'll probably go today. There you go. That
1: might be it. Make All right, By-
2: complex machines pay, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly. Byron Murphy also weighed in today. I, I think at this point he's a lock to be the first
2: Texas player off the board when we get to the draft. He'll be a first-round pick. Unless... Xavier Worthy runs something in the four twos or maybe even low four threes.
1: Yep. The Raiders are the team to watch, right? So Mel Kuyper's <laughs> latest mock actually has Vegas taking Byron Murphy at 13. Mm. But we know the affinity of the Davis family for speed and their constant, incessant need for speed out there in Vegas. So, yeah, if uh, the X Man, the wide receivers run on Saturday. So if X is able to go sub four three, then. I guess there's a chance a team like the Raiders or somebody drafting decently high in the first round could take Worthy ahead of him. But I still feel like Murph's the first guy to go. He's the Vegas favorite, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but crazier things have happened for sure. He measured in at uh, six feet, just under a half an inch, 297 pounds mm. for Byron Murphy. So, Everyone's doing the Aaron Donald comparison, especially every Texas fan who is hoping that Byron Murphy can be something close to Aaron Donald. I just looked up uh, AD's combine measurements back before his NFL draft. He was six foot, three quarters and 285. So he was sub 300 coming out of college. He's listed at a little over 300 right now, I think. Obviously, the height's about the same. So uh, pretty similar in terms of size and stature, to one of the greatest defensive players ever coming out of school.
2: As a guy who was telling Longhorn fans to shut their stupid faces when they were asking if Tom Herman is the next Nick Saban, I don't hate that comparison, BK. It's lofty, obviously, but we've seen the type of player that Byron Murphy is. There's potential. It's uh, not often that somebody like that comes along, but yeah, I, I do think that there's something to that. Yeah. And it's not just Aaron Donald. I mean, Aaron Donald's obviously the best guy to
1: compare him to. And that's like the loftiest comparison that you could possibly make. But this isn't a, uh, you know, one off type of situation where uh, there's been only one six foot defensive tackle who has had success at the NFL level. And you look at guys like Ed Oliver. He was pretty short coming out of Houston. He's had a good career. Grady Jarrett has had a great career. He's another guy on that list. Kalijah Kansi was a rookie last year, had a great rookie season as an undersized defensive tackle. Uh, There are a few other names as well. So this is not like Bryce Young stuff where it's like, dude, there's never been anybody at this size who has had a long successful career in the NFL at that position. There's enough of a track record of folks who have been similar in stature to what Byron Murphy is, who have had tons of success in the league. I have a hard time this might be my bias showing, but God, with what I saw from Murph in college, Trey, I have a hard time believing that
2: guy's not going to be really, really good in the NFL. Completely agreed. It's why I feel like you and I were talking about it before we saw Mox start to have his name appearing more in the top half of the first round that, uh, especially with that Washington game under his belt, like that was, there was a no d- no doubt that he was going to be first round after that, but people were eventually going to figure out how much of a physical freak he was too through watching the tape, and through something like the Combine. We've talked in the recent past about which guy has the most to gain, and I think in terms of like going from one round to another, it may be a guy like a Keelan Robinson or maybe a Jordan Whittington, but in terms of the money being made, uh, yeah, that might be Byron Murphy before it's all said and done. I wouldn't be surprised to see him jump into the to the top 10, certainly the top 15.
1: Yeah, uh, I agree. I think he's not only a lot to be a first-round pick, but a lot to be a top-20 pick at this point. And and I looked at Mel Kuyper's mock draft. Once again, he's got Murphy going 13 to Vegas. Number 13 overall is Mel Kuyper's third defensive player overall. Mm. This is going—Trey, the top 10 picks could all be offensive players. You're going to have three quarterbacks going in the top 10, maybe four if McCarthy somehow ends up there. You're going to have a couple of offensive linemen go— you're probably going to have three receivers go, if not four. Like, it could be pick 9, 10, 11 before we see any defensive player fly off the board. And the only two defensive guys that Mel has over Byron Murphy right now, Dallas Turner, the edge from Alabama, and Jared Verse, the edge from Florida State. So, mm-hmm. even though, you know, pick 13 out of the top 10, if we're talking just that side of the ball. Byron Murphy going to be one of the first guys to get picked. Love to hear it. Yeah. I do too. I do too. And then I have not seen Jalen Ford's measurements yet, but any thoughts on Jalen Ford right
2: now and kind of where you think he fits into this NFL draft? Is he a guy who probably didn't strike when the iron was hottest in terms of when he decided to go to the NFL? Like, I think he can be a good pro, but this last year was a very strange season for him. In Austin, still a steadying influence on that defense at times. There were some flaws in his game that started to become exposed as well. So um, I I think he has a lot to gain and showing that he has athleticism, but I don't know if he's necessarily a guy who's going to test all that well either. Yeah, I think uh,
1: at this point he's a third to fourth round pick. Probably leaning closer to four than three. Yeah, I'd probably go five or six, but okay. I,
2: I'm, I'm routinely wrong about these things. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we'll see how he does. Like, I think he's athletic enough to put on a good show today. He, he's not going to have the fastest 40 time for a linebacker. Right. He's not going to bench the most for any linebacker, but I don't think he's going to be near the bottom of any of those athletic categories. So uh, he's an instinctual player. He puts some good stuff on tape. But like you said, like, He took a little bit of a step back in 23 compared to where he was in 22.
2: If they're still wonder licking these guys, then I bet he, or or is that only a quarterback test? Is that everybody that takes the wonder lick that gets wonder licked or is it just QBs? I've
1: never heard it used as a verb before. Wonder licking. Is that part of your, is that a part of your uh, February 29th activity with the misses? Mm, i don't know (laughs) be careful on how you answer that one uh i think people
2: i think everybody takes the wonderlick so i think if he takes that he's gonna do well and i bet he crushes it in the interviews too like jalen ford is uh a really bright dude, a student of the game. And I bet uh, he impresses a lot of folks in those one-on-one conversations.
1: Yeah, I did too. The captain of this defense the last couple of years. You know, Bucky was saying this morning that he thinks maybe part of the reason why Jalen Ford did regress slightly this year was that he was just asked to do too much like leading and pointing people to where they needed to be on the field. And maybe he was so focused on the other guys around him doing their job that he kind of lost focus on his gig uh, a little bit, which is interesting theory. Uh, we know the Oklahoma game, which was his worst game. He played every snap. I, I mentioned that this morning. Like, that's not good. I, I, like, I wanted Derek Johnson playing every snap. But like, he nobody should be playing every single snap, especially in a game like that with all that's at stake there. So he might have been victim to not a ton of linebacker talent around him, especially early when Anthony Hill was kind of bouncing around positions and he was coming into his zone. And, yeah, I mean, last year he had DeMarvion Overshown next to him. That That also helps. There's more depth in that linebacker room. This year, not so much. So uh, I think in a good situation, Jalen Ford can be a solid pro. I don't think he's going to be an all-pro or anything like that. But uh, in the right system, I think he can uh, make some stuff happen. But we'll see. We'll see how he does today. Hopefully, he's near the top of of some of those drills that they run in Indianapolis. All right. So it's the D-line and the linebackers today. Tomorrow, you've got DBs and tight ends. Saturday, quarterbacks, wide receivers, and running backs. And then Sunday, the Big Uglies, the offensive linemen will go. We'll talk more about the other positions uh, tomorrow and preview the rest of the Combine weekend coming up. Before we shift gears, though, and get into college football playoff expansion, we could talk NCAA tournament expansion. You got something else you're thinking about, Trey?
2: Yeah, did you see that the SEC announced the media day schedule for mid-July? Did not. So we can go over that, too. Very good.
1: And we uh, plan on being there in Dallas for SEC Media Days, whenever it is. For a full week, my friends. Oh, um, yeah. The whole time, baby. Staying at that Omni. Or I'll just stay at a buddy's place. That, that'll probably be more fun.
2: I'm staying at a buddy's high-rise downtown Dallas. I'll yeah. go to the Omni. I'll do some of the uh, the post-media day events. But no, I'm not staying in that hotel. Are you kidding me? No.
1: No, I'm with you on that. All right. Uh, before we get to all of that stuff, Trey, how about uh, a word for
2: our friends over at Big Hat Spirits? Yeah, happy to do so. Big Hat Spirits, BigHatSpirits.com. They are redefining the cocktail in the can. No, they're not the first to do it, but they do it the best. That's because it's low in all the BS that I try to avoid when I'm consuming food and beverages. That means no syrups, no gluten, non-GMO. They're BPA-free, 100% natural, real spirits. They use real alcohol, real kombucha, and no added sugars. Very low carb as a result, low calorie as well with great flavors like the... Cocked the uh, Margarita, excuse me, the Jalapeno Ranch Water, the Ranch Water, the Prickly Pear Paloma, that Blackberry Smoke, and yes, the Margarita Mocktail for you non-alcohol fans. Go to BigHatSpirits.com. That's their website. You can find out more info there, including where you can get Big Hat Spirits near you. Just past the top of the webpage, there is a map of Central Texas, a bunch of Big Hat icons all over it. Just click the one that's closest to you and you'll find the store that is selling those Big Hat Spirits cocktails in a can.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And now a word from our great friends over at Covert Bee Cave. Hi, I'm Dan Covert with my
0: wife, Hayden. Welcome to Covert Bee Cave. Our newest location in the gorgeous Hill Country includes Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, and hundreds of pre-owned and certified vehicles for you to choose from. We have three service departments that are ready to take care of your car, truck, or SUV with 86 service bays to accommodate any repair and get you in and out quickly. Come visit us today to select the vehicle you've been dreaming about. Covert, born and raised in Austin.
1: Yes, indeed. Love the Covert family. And I guess now we've got a new AV consultation spot. All right. I've not listened to this yet. So uh, let's hear what Tom
0: McKay has for you. Hi, this is Tom McKay with Audiovisual Consultations. Today's home electronics can be a bit daunting. My company has spent the last 36 years making sure they are not. For those of you who have not experienced our services yet, we'd like to invite you to give us a try for all your home electronics needs. We carry all the major brands of televisions and stereo equipment at prices you can't find in stores, and we come to you. There's no need to leave your home to find great pricing and incomparable service. No traffic, inexperienced sales geeks, or pushy showroom tactics. we in having some fun and dreaming big. you have a dream for your home entertainment? Let us know. We can make it come true. And we are always there to help after the job is done. We cultivate clients for a lifetime by treating everyone like their family. No, not those family members. I'm talking about the ones you actually like. So relax, hug your kids, make love to your wife, and smile. Then, when you have a moment, give us a call at 255-8678. That's 512-255-8678. Or online at avconsultations.com. Yo, who produced that?
2: Probably Dave in the Cave. Hell of a generic instrumental bed under Tom. There are a couple of changes in there that I wasn't expecting. Yes, yeah, very
1: jazzy of them. I don't know if we call those drops, but uh, man, just when he thought you knew what was
2: going on there, boom, changed up on you. So I'd just like to assure you and everybody else out there, if it looked like I was offbeat, it's because the... Video feed takes a split second to get into my computer and out over the air. So I, I was dancing with the beat, just so you know. I was not going Steve Martin in the jerk. No
1: chance, dude. There's no chance your rhythm is good enough to keep you on beat for any song, let alone a song you're just hearing for the first time. Ridiculous.
2: Shit. Yeah, right. good,
1: good, good save, though. Well, well done there, Mariano. Uh, trying to find a save out of that situation hilarious all right give me the dates since you've got them pulled up let's uh, let's start with that sec media days are in dallas of course texas will be a part of it for the first time this summer texas sports unfiltered will definitely be a part of it in some capacity this summer when uh
2: when are we making our way up to the metroplex dude hold on i've got to find this uh, oh you know the screen share All right. i got it i got it i got it
1: i thought i filibustered like-
2: enough i thought i wonder licked enough to get us there <laughs> There's are like 58 tabs open right now. It may be a new high. All right, here we go. The SEC Media Days schedule happening this summer, mid-July, starting July 15th, going through the 18th. That's a Monday through a Thursday. The Texas Longhorns will be making their inaugural appearance at SEC Media Days on Wednesday the 17th.
1: All right, so four Florida, teams.
2: Alabama, Florida, and Mississippi
1: State. There you go. Four teams per day. Over four days, so that gets to 16. Good math, BK. Thank you, BK. You're welcome, BK. Uh, all right, looking forward to this, man. I mean, this is cool. This is another one of those graphics slash visuals that makes this all feel real. You know, it's so weird. We're spending so much time talking about the SEC and all of the spring sports are still playing in the Big 12, right? So it's like, ah, you know, basketball and baseball and softball and all of these other sports going on right now. It's like, ah, we're still talking about... TCU and Iowa State and West Virginia and Kansas and all of that. But uh, seeing stuff like this is like, no, there are about to be some big, big changes going on. And this will be, I think the official move happens like June 30th. Maybe it's July 1st, but there's that big on-campus party on June 30th that SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey is going to be at here in Austin. And uh, just a couple of weeks after that, obviously, you've got uh, you've got media days.
2: So I think there's an obvious second best day because we're biased, obviously. We want to go to the Texas day the most. The fact that Alabama is there, too, is really cool. But I, that's the second mean. best day is Tuesday, right?
1: Can I can I take a 20 on that last comment? Okay. Uh, putting Sark into board together feels mean, doesn't it? We didn't have to do that. I don't want to see yeah. that guy in the same room as Steve Sarkeesian after what's happened the last two times those
2: guys have been in the same place. I think that Sark needs to face those demons, so I'm perfectly fine with it. Embrace that hate. Sark, go up and punch boar in the face when you see him because you're so upset with how he's done your football team or how his team has done your football team the last two times you've met.
1: Hilarious if there was like a viral fight between those two going on there. Uh, there's obviously a 0% chance that that happens, but it would be funny.
2: Zero. Both guys are way you know. too stoic for that. Although, if Kalen DeBoer does try and get to second base on Steve Sarkeesian, it will escalate things as we've seen in the past. <laughs> yeah, that
1: Alamo Bull staffer really crossed the line there trying to cop a feel on Steve Sarkeesian in the tunnel. Didn't think he would notice, but oh, he noticed. He did not like that. That's L'Oreal's property. That's okay. okay. Back to your thought. Yeah, Tuesday's the second best day. I mean, Georgia's preseason number one. Mizzou's probably preseason top 10. OU will be ranked, I think, even though Vegas doesn't expect them to do much next year. Uh, and Tennessee, also borderline top 10. So that's that's a fun day right there. And hell, every day you got some good teams and some
2: good storylines and some great personalities with these coaches. Did the odds that we looked at yesterday, didn't they have Tennessee as having the the same odds as Alabama with regards to winning a title? Yeah, tied for fourth for the SEC championship. It was Georgia,
1: it was Texas, it was Ole Miss, three. And then, yeah, Bama and Tennessee were tied for fourth. I think it was nine to one. So, uh, yeah, big things expected for
2: Tennessee. Josh Heupel, the former Sooner, speaking of OU, has done a, a really good job there. Worst day, the Thursday which is also A and M's day. Stuck with Arkansas, Auburn, and Kentucky. Ew. We might uh, we might be packing things up Wednesday night and coming back to Houston. I'm still gonna plan on covering it on Thursday because I want to talk to some Aggies if I get the opportunity. Yeah,
1: yeah, it'd be good for us actually to do that. So we probably should stay. But oh man, hilarious bit by the way by the SEC. Putting Kentucky and AM on the same day, you know, considering that Mark Stoops was the AM head coach for like 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's, uh, you know, I don't know how they come up with this. I don't know if it's a randomizer or what goes into the selection process for which teams for which days, but I like that little, whether it's a coincidence
2: or an intentional bit, it's a good bit right there by the league. Now, considering that Sark DeBoer connection, maybe it is more intentional than I was giving it credit for initially. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is fun. All right. We'll be up there coming up in mid July, SEC
1: Media Days for college football. Of course, we'll see who Texas will bring player wise. Uh, that announcement will come obviously closer to uh, the summertime, but should be fun up there in Dallas being a part of that. In the Big 12, moving its Media Days to Vegas?
2: Yes. Uh, why? There is something that was already scheduled. This is this is what was said. So yeah. I guess take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. There was something already scheduled at AT&T Stadium midweek, I want to say, in the viable weeks that they could possibly hold that in Arlington. And so the alternative became Vegas. But it does feel like a little bit of piggybacking the Pac-12's attempts to come across as a little bit cooler by doing a lot in Vegas, and of course the Pac-12 is no more, so they can't do their media days in Vegas any longer, so perhaps it's your mark taking on a good idea and running with it. I'll be honest, I'm tempted to go cover Big 12 media days. There's obviously still a ton of uh, unique characters, but it's also getting to spend a couple of days in Vegas, too, you know?
1: Yeah, I I guess that's the bit, right? Like, for the players and coaches, and I
2: don't know how many
1: fans, though. Fans don't really go to media days that much anyways, but I guess it's for the players and coaches to get a couple of days in Vegas.
2: Is it? Because I feel like they go, at least when they were coming to Arlington, it was day in, day out. You're right. You're right. Yeah, it's just your mark wants to
1: spend some time in Vegas. This is his gift to the media. It's like, hey, even though a lot of you live in Dallas and didn't have to pay for shit, now we're going to make you pay a lot. But it is Vegas, so you're welcome. Like I don't know. It'd be fun to go. I can't dunk on it too much because now it's
2: like, yeah, if Texas was still in the big 12, we'd be going to Vegas. I think I'd be more excited to go to Vegas than I am the DFW area. Like I, yes. I have friends that I love there, but in terms of like fun cities, like Vegas is, is uh, much more of a, a reach to get to, to begin with. So to have that sort of excuse, yeah, sign me up.
1: Yeah. I'm with you on that. All right. Got a, a few minutes left before where are we at in society? Which expansion do you want to talk about? Should we go college basketball and the potential of the NCAA tournament adding teams? Or should we stick with college football and talk about the CFP seemingly likely adding teams?
2: Let's start with basketball first, because I really want to do I really want to get your opinion on this because you're a much bigger fan of college hoops than I am like 68 feels like a stretch. I get it. That's where we've expanded to. And so there's no contracting at this point. But the fact that there are conversations being had behind closed doors with decision makers, just wondering about the idea right now. There's nothing that's even close to being set in stone. But 80 teams in the NCAA tournament is insane, isn't it? I think so. Um, So they've been talking about 80. There's also been a
1: proposal for a 96-team tournament? Okay, Uh, okay,
2: that, come on, no. Or is that just them saying a higher number so that 80 seems much more palatable? Because I even caught myself just now saying, I'd much rather have 80 than 96, (laughs) but I don't want either of those things. So this was
1: actually shown on ESPN a couple of days ago. Bubble teams. This is what the bubble would look like if 96 teams were in the field. And, I mean, George Mason, Cornell, UNC Wilmington on the bubble. LSU has been awful this year. I mean, Texas played LSU and beat them pretty good. Like, these teams have no business competing for a national championship. And that's what the tournament is. Like, I get it. Like, you see a 15 upset at two. The 15 is not winning a national championship. It's cool. But, like, still, at the end of the day, every team that makes the tournament has a shot to win the national championship. Whoever wins six games is going to be cutting down the nets. So you're going to be adding more teams to this? Like, there's already too many teams. There are already teams. It's like, if this team actually wanted to be a disaster for the sport because they have no business being the champion of this sport this year. Now you're telling me you're giving more teams the chance to do that? It's a bad bit. And, and, and there's two reasons. I mean, the, the obvious reason why they would do this is money. Of course, that's the reason why they would do this. The argument, that's the word I was looking for, For why this is not as bad. And I'm on your side for the record. This is just the the argument that will be out there. For Mm -hmm. folks who want to expand. Besides money. (laughs) Right now. 68 teams in Division 1 college basketball get in. That's 18.8% of all of the Division 1 college basketball teams. It feels like too many are in. That's a lower percentage of teams that get in. Than any other sport. Pro or college. Like the MLB postseason, 40% of the teams make it. The NFL playoffs, 43.8% of the teams make it. The NBA, shit, with the play in, more than half the teams are making it now. So that's the easy argument that the NC2A can use. Like, look at other sports. We only have this percentage of teams getting in. They have all of these. So we are going to expand. It's stupid, but that's what they're going to say.
2: Ooh, ooh, ooh. Can I respond to that logic? How about instead of going up with the overall number of teams, you go down with the number of member institutions and you put more of a distinction between that top tier and the second tier. We're going to see a version of that in college football before it's all said and done. No sport may need that more, though, than college basketball right now. How many did you say? 300 plus? There are 362
1: Division One college basketball teams right now. And just about all of them are going pro in something other. Oh, no, shit. No, that's not how the commercial works.
2: That that, that statement has never been more
1: true, by the way. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we got to give Mississippi Valley State a chance they their 1-27 in record. Like, we can't demote them into a different league. Why would we do something like that? They've won a game this year. We, we assume they can't hang with
2: the other teams in D1. We got to relegate them? Yeah, we dropped them down to to Division 2. We have Division 1 that has, I don't know, maybe half that total number. So even 180-something, which still seems ridiculous. That pushes that percentage that make the postseason to what, into the 30s? You said it's 16%? Uh, It's 18.8 at the moment. Okay, so it pushes it into the mid-30s then? That round thirty six percent plus number thirty seven percent, like that's more palatable. I still think it'll take down the level of postseason basketball, but at that point, you you do have more of a uh, separation there. So you're having less shitty teams taking spots up to begin with.
1: Yeah, I, I don't hate that idea, honestly. Uh, and mo- most of these teams don't even play each other. And look, you've got so many non conference games in college basketball, you can play D1 versus not D1 games. Like, there is a way to separate this. And uh, no, nobody really cares about watching some of these teams at the back end of the 362 play. Like, I'm looking at Ken Palm right now and I scroll to the very bottom of their rankings and I, I've never heard of most of these teams. Like, Ooh, let's hear them. You got Mississippi Valley State is last. Yeah. You got U I P U I, second to last
2: I U P U I. You know what that stands for? Uh, it stands for Indiana University. U I U E University of Indiana U I Punxsutawney University of Indiana.
1: <laughs> I mean, pretty close. I U P U I Indiana University Purdue University
2: of Indianapolis. <laughs> That is one school. That's not five. That is one school. And they've actually made the tournament before too. Like I've yeah. heard that acronym even if I couldn't remember what it stood for. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's the argument in
1: favor of the NC2A here. Like most of these teams, like Siena's near the bottom, Siena's made the tournament within the last 15, 20 years. Yeah. De- Detroit Mercy, uh, they had like the leading score in college basketball for a couple of years. and they made the tournament, I think one year. I I don't know what Stonehill is. Never Uh, heard of that one. Houston Christian, Texas played them this year. St. Francis, isn't that a high school? Isn't that the Coach Carter High School?
2: Yeah. Holy Cross. Maryland Eastern Shore? Yeah, that's... They're just making names up at this point, right? (laughs) Tim (laughs) Combs is fucking with people at the bottom of this ranking. Oh, my
1: God. Yeah, I mean, they... Like I, I'm not gonna sit here and say they can't add teams to the tournament because I'll still watch and people will still watch. It will still be one of the most fun
2: sporting events every year. But it just it feels so unnecessary, doesn't it? It does. And honest question here because I don't watch, but I'm a terrible gauge for this. Like, how many people are are watching the play in games right now? Like, are they getting decent ratings? And I know the rating system is completely fucked up over the last couple of years, and it's inflated numbers higher than they actually are. And maybe you're a bad gauge, too, because you watch way too much sports to begin with, you and your cousin. But, like, is the general audience tuning in for those first games? Because my guess would be not so much, especially because two of those games are 16-seed matchups, aren't they?
1: Yeah, no one's really watching those. And, And the worst part is, I mean, the games are on true TV. Nobody even knows where that is. Yeah. Like that's an annual rite of passage for every college basketball fan is when you get to March, you got to figure out where the hell you can find true TV. What channel is this? Oh my God. Like does YouTube TV have this Does sling have this? Like what, what am I doing? So no, I mean, I I don't think the ratings are great, uh, especially compared to the rest of the tournament, but yeah, I don't know. I I assume you just add another round. If you're going to 96 teams or 80 teams, I don't know if it would just be more playing games or if it's just, you add a whole nother round
2: to the dance and the winners got to win seven instead of six. Yeah, I mean, so what that would be, it wouldn't be every team. What that would be is that first round would, let's see, what is 80 to 68? Oh my gosh, my math is failing me here. 12. So there'd be six play-in games essentially. Okay, so just more play-ins and then you get to the normal field of 64 eventually? Exactly. Hey, yep. Not necessary. Like, what? what is the cutoff point at, at huh. then? Because by then, don't you have to, if there's 12 playing games, don't you have to go, or six playing games, don't you have to go with the 12 worst seeds? Like, don't you go with all 14, 15, and 16s? <sighs> no, that, that, that math doesn't even work. Don't you go all 16s and then maybe two 15s or something?
1: No, because nobody would watch that right? Like you're doing this for more money. You got to get bubble teams in there. So hell, I I would get rid of the 16 v 16 bit like that. Those games are dumb. They're actually entertaining because they're close, but nobody's like, nobody cares about those games. Yeah. Um, so That's yeah. Really just
2: too hard into the Cinderella thing. It's like, it's less of a Cinderella when it's two Cinderella's going up against one another.
1: Yeah. It feels so dumb that that counts as a tournament win too, for these schools. I get it. It's a big deal, but it's like, Come on, you're, you're a 16 seed who beat a 16 seed. Like, take credit if you beat a one. That's FDU, UMBC. Brag about that shit till the end of time. Don't uh, Beating a 16 seed as a 16,
2: like that, that shouldn't count for anything. Well, you know somebody who would like that, Texas A&M people. They love to add wins to their overall total. So maybe the deal can be regardless of whether they expand it or not, every year that AM makes the tournament, they get a play-in game because they have one more opportunity for a postseason season win, VK. That's well done, my friend. That's very well done. Shout out to the Coda Texter 512 number says
1: True TV is 62. Is that Spectrum? Is that years old? Is that something else? <laughs> I don't know, but thank you. I'll remember that when we get to the dance because I have wrecked them and uh, I, will, I will try it and see if that works. Is that Cox? Is that still a thing? Dish? (laughs) There's no way dish is still a thing. Is it not? I don't
2: know. People still have satellite dish, I? I I go YouTube TV, and I'm never turning back, even though it's starting to get a little bit too expensive now. Yeah, I I still have cable, but, you know, rectum sucks. It's damn near killed me. Mm All right. All
1: right. Um, quick word for Aldstadt Beer. Hope to see y'all on Saturday at uh, the BK's 30th birthday bash. Yes, he speaks in third person now. He's a douchebag. Uh, Kelly's Irish Pub, four to six. A bar tab courtesy of our friends at the Aldstadt Brewery. Should be a lot of fun. And is it live or
2: recorded day today, Trey? For Pest Wranglers. Let's go recorded for Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers. <laughs>
0: Hey, it's Steve from Pest Wranglers, and I don't know of a single mosquito that owns a home with the backyard. But they sure like to hang out in your yard and make you miserable. Pest Wranglers can fix that for you. Our mosquito treatments are designed to kill adult mosquitoes as well as keep mosquito larva from developing for up to three weeks. Use us all summer or just once before that big party. No contract, no hassles, no blood-sucking mosquitoes. Check out our reviews and see what others are saying about Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers, effective, reliable, affordable. Online at PestWranglers.com. Where are we at in society today? It is
2: time for your daily look at stories that show we as a people are headed in the wrong direction. Very occasionally, I will bring you a story that provides a sense of optimism that has us all saying to ourselves, hey, maybe we as a people are starting to figure something out. But sadly, today is not that day. Before we get to today's story, I have a question for you. Uh oh. Through or Justine going through me with this question. No, I'm not talking about our sex from earlier. <laughs> what is your favorite type of alcoholic beverage? What is my favorite type of alcoholic beverage? Yes. Alstad beer, of course. Other than Altstadt, we're talking, let's go hard liquor here. Hmm. Uh, either Hennessy or Maker's Mark. Hennessy or Maker's, okay. Yeah. I'll make sure to pass that along to her. Thank you in advance. Because she said to me today, and this is true, by the way, Brad is so good about gifts to our family, to everybody. Like I want to get him a birthday present. And I said, woman, we've already gotten him a birthday present that has to do with liquor. The Doritos flavored vodka, for Pete's sake. Uh, Yeah. What more do we need? And she said, that doesn't count. That's gross. That's just you playing a practical joke on him. It's a joke on all of us because we're all going to be taking a shot together. But then I reminded her, I'm like, just because you aren't included on this gift, I did get him a Christmas slash leap year slash birthday gift that is going to see Mark Norman at the Paramount this Saturday. And they're pretty darn good seats, too. She said, well, I want to get him something as well. He always looks out for everybody else, so I'm getting him something, too. So I'll let her know. Makers and or Hennessy is what we need to be purchasing for you. For you. And uh, look, your, your Jewish motherness comes out in certain ways. You love to chat people up, and you also are great at gifts. So kudos to you on that. You've uh, you've earned an extra one in return this year.
1: I appreciate that. No need, of course, and definitely not a need for an and. Please make that an or if there is going to be a gift. But um yeah. Awesome. Uh, is it gift or gift?
2: Do we know? <laughs> it depends on who you ask. The originator of the gift calls it gift, So I got to <laughs> go with gifts. Uh, well,
1: tell her thank you in advance for thinking of me, even if she doesn't give me anything, which I'm sure that's not going to work. But uh, my
2: Armenian ways are apparently rubbing off on her. And I am talking about our session from earlier now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> There you go. Uh, wonder licking. A lot of wonder licking going on in the Elling household these days, huh?
2: Yep. Eesh. All right. What's your story? You have a story? I'm going to guess what you ate for lunch. So, today's headline, DK. Headline. 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 <laughs> uh, we may not even have time for this. It's 1259. I'll give you the headline, though, and then we will maybe get into a little bit of this story. Do you know what hardcore music is, by the way? Hardcore, it's a genre of music. Is it just like metal, like heavy metal, but a certain subset of it? Really hard guitars, and there's probably a lot of screaming, too. Um, there's some punk elements to it sometimes. So hardcore, it's just, this, you know, these guys were... Playing their, guitar, their guitars without much rhyme or reason and just screaming li- really loudly into microphones and maybe throwing themselves off a of stage into trash cans or something. Okay. Rest, rest in peace, Chad Holt. So here's the headline. 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 Hardcore singer accused of dosing bandmate with estrogen in an attempt to steal his fiance. Whoa. So it's a guy. So it's
1: a guy dosing another guy with estrogen to try to steal the other guy's fiancé. Yep. Oh, my
2: God. The band Yorona L-L-O-R-O-N-A, shared a story on its Instagram page claiming that the vocalist, Diego, attempted to, quote, force a transition... On his supposed bandmate by giving him pre-workout drinks (laughs) laced with female hormone. No way. The vocalist's goal, according to this Instagram post, was to make himself look more manly compared to his love rival so Diego could, quote, swoop in. The band's post called it a, quote, stupid caveman mindset that makes zero sense. (laughs) We have decided to part ways with our vocalist, Diego, due to the admission of very disturbing and concerning behavior towards one of our band members and their partner. Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) This is one of the best stories I've ever heard. I mean, we, we have to spend more time on this tomorrow. Without yeah, hope.
2: I know. I I wanted to get it out there. So I'm uh, just wetting your appetite. And we will definitely delve more into it tomorrow because this is amazing on so many levels. That's,
1: yeah, th- there's a lot of investigating going on. And boy, I would really love to get one of those two on the show.
2: Like, I'll, I'll,
1: I, I'll work on it. I, I got to pay for freaking paid Twitter, Twitter blue, whatever it is. Yeah, because of DMs, like you can't DM anybody unless you have the paid Twitter. And it's the it's worst so infuriating. Damn you, Elon. I know you you get guests more than I do. But trying to bring more guests on this network, it's like, I don't know how to get a hold of these people anymore. It used to be so easy to send them a DM and usually they'll respond. And now every time I try to DM somebody, it's like, oh, you got to pay for that.
2: I've, I've i'm very resourceful i'm going through those motions and at a pretty insane clip right now in preparations for south by if there's somebody that you really want to try and get at just ask me i may be able to figure it out
1: no i appreciate that i'll I'll cop out and give elon what he
2: wants sadly that, that will help too for sure i, I am going to try and get a member of this uh this band your <laughs> on.
1: please we we need more tea from this that's uh Fantastic stuff. <laughs> I
2: want to get Diego on, honestly.
1: Yeah, I do, too. I do, too. All right. I see them in the waiting room. It's Chip. It's Zay. Midday from 1 to 3 right here on TSU. Fellas, how we doing? How we doing? What's going on? Hey, hey. What
2: up, y'all? Are y'all? He's getting ready for uh, Tavandre Sweat to put on a show today. Yeah, what do we he think? He said he, he, said he was gonna. Yeah. He said, "I'm doing everything. Y'all are gonna be impressed." Okay. He's
1: clearly like, been eating. That's part of the everything that he's been doing.
0: <laughs> I guess he weighed in at 365. So.
1: Yeah, I saw 366. Is that too? Is that too big? Uh, he's the second second heaviest player w- measured at the combine in the last 25 years.
0: Yeah, his. High school coach told me, I think he'd be
2: just fine at 345. He goes, you should have seen the kid in high school. He was a basketball player who had
0: hops, and he was a young Zay Collier. Shit. Shit. (laughs) Yo, man, Javadre Sweat, go eat that chicken and waffles, bro. It's too good to pass up. I feel you, Hey, don't be telling him what to eat. What you mean? He's about to get paid, dog. Yo, Zion paved the way. His diet full of high fructose corn syrup. Zion Williamson paved the way. You could be fat and be a great player. You could do that. I don't know how Zion Williamson's knees are still in operation. Exactly. If I'm T He's- Sweat, I'm handing up Zion. I'm like, how you do it, bro? What's going on? Let Spoiler me know. Spoiler alert:
2: so- Zion's not long for the league. <laughs> Well, that sort of weights. He's lasted longer than I thought. Well, he also got a late start, too, because he was hurt for so much of his first couple of seasons, right?
0: Yeah, man. Hit up Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley was 6'4", 280. Whole career in the NBA. Like 13-time All-Star something crazy like that. Hall of Famer. Charles did it. Charles didn't give a damn about his weight. Trevandre Sweat, you good at 366, bro. I love it. Paving the way for the big Husky brothers like myself. Dad bought it in, man. Just I just want
2: him to get paid. Kid from Huntsville, Texas. Mm, I you know do know what I'm too. saying. Oh, wow. BK, How about this? Shout wow. out, way. Appreciate that. Oh, no way. Thank you. No, no way.
0: Comes. No way. No way. <laughs> no way be <laughs> hooking us up, man.
1: Is uh, nice. one of our favorites, one of our most loyal TSU supporters. For are we gonna have sure. games Saturday? Uh, like drinking games and stuff. I don't know. I don't it's either. Your show we're gonna oh. have like a ping pong tournament or something. Oh shoot, I didn't think about that. They got they got an outdoor patio. They got TVs to watch games.
2: They'll find something to do, Chip. Okay. There is definitely one game that will be played on Saturday. It's called Shots of Dorito Vodka. Yeah, buddy. What are we mixing that with? Tabasco? Our own spit. Hmm. God. Shots. And we're taking shots. I'm buying a sleeve of plastic shot glasses. Everybody in the bar is having a shot of Doritos vodka. It's the greatest. Uh, it's the greatest tribute to BK we could ever pull off involving alcohol. Unless they were to make a Taco Bell flavored vodka, which I also would not put past them. Have you tried it, Trey? No, I'm going to crack the bottle open and let somebody else try it first. Like your dog? Uh, yeah, one of the dogs is dumb enough to probably try and drink this stuff. so Maybe. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not going to crack it until we get to Kelly's on Saturday. All right. We're going to be coming. I have the busiest Saturday in human history coming up this weekend. So. Oh, you got soccer, volleyball. Volleyball, soccer, soccer. BK's party, stand-up show, another stand-up show, friends in town after that. There, there's a chance that I'm going to not sleep for like 24 straight hours Shit. starting Saturday morning.
1: Woo. Humble brag over here. No, I'm not
2: looking forward to that. I'm. This is a complaint right now. I am filing an official complaint <laughs> with Texas Sports Unfiltered that this is too goddamn much. Uh, <laughs> it, it will you have hurt. to show up to the party because you got the Doritos vodka. Exactly. If I have to skip one of my kids' soccer games or half of a soccer game, yeah. I'm doing that. I'm going to the 30th birthday party with Doritos vodka in hands. Kids will understand. Dad's yeah, got sex. We'll ask questions and they will they will be told to shut their faces. It's okay. I know how to <laughs> disarm. Drop to and give fear. me twenty. Oh, there, it <laughs> there it is. There it is. All right, gentlemen. Up downs, up downs. Up downs. I'm gonna
1: go do now. Nah, I'm not doing some up downs. I'm gonna go sit on the couch and watch a bunch of fat people run. So you guys, well, a put on a show and on a good
2: roll this year. Make it time number two working out this week. Make it a All both right. day. All right. Yeah, probably should be. We'll be locked in, fellas.
0: Appreciate y'all the show today. Good to show.